You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Welcome to episode three of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. If you're new here, make sure you click that follow and subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future ones. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Um, today we're going to start out by kind of recapping last week's college football and NFL slates as well as talking about the picks that I had, which if you were following last week did not go very well, but we'll discuss kind of what happened there. Um, we'll get on a little bit of college basketball news. We've had a couple of updates in these past week or so. Um, some big news about this upcoming season as well as some coaching stuff. Um, hit a little bit on the MLB playoffs that's going on, you know, down to the NLCS and the ALCS, as well as some college football news, um, just kind of what's happening in that world, as well as kind of the NFL's COVID update, which seems to be under control a little bit right now. Um, and finally, as always, we'll end this, the week's show by giving out picks for college football week six in NF or college football week seven. It'll be um, in NFL week six. So as far as last week goes, starting out in college football, it was an absolute horrible day as far as my bets went. My bets from last week went 0-3, starting off with Florida minus 6.5 versus Texas A&M. Um, Florida, while they didn't look horrible the entire game, the 6.5 was never really going to be a, in fifth play. I mean, Texas A&M um, just looked like a great team the whole game. You know, They're definitely deserving of where they move up here in the rankings this week. The final score, Florida 38, Texas A&M 41. Um, you know, and Jimbo Fisher, after what we would assume are a couple of not-so-great years for Texas A&M, he finally looks like he has this team hopefully going in the right direction. Um, and just one other thing to note from this, we'll hit on a little more when we get to the college football news, but Dan Mullen, after the game, said that Kyle Field was packed, and he hopes that um, they'll soon be able to do that same thing um, in Gainesville. So just a little bit of news from around that. Um, Next game that we had on that card was Pitt minus five and a half versus Boston College. Pitt ended up losing this game by one point in overtime, 30 to 31. Even though they lost this game outright, that five and a half, you know, they had very a lot of opportunities throughout the second half where they could have pulled away and even won this game and easily have covered this spread. Um, so just a letdown for Pitt all the way around. You know, I thought Pitt was a much better team than this. And I didn't really think Boston College was that good, but they sneak away with the win. And the last game we had on the card Miami plus 14 against Clemson. While the stat line, and if you look at, you know, when the scores happened, Miami plus 14 was in play for a large part of the game, at least that wise. Miami never looked good. I mean, their first touchdown just took a, you know, crazy pump blocks and interceptions and field goal blocks and all that. And Miami just, they made some decent plays on defense, but their offense never responded. You know, they could barely move the ball. Um, all their scores came after, you know, a couple of big plays that just so happened to go together. And I think all this really game really shows. It doesn't really, I don't, I think Miami still has a chance to be good. You know, I feel like they could end the ACC schedule with one being this only loss, maybe even two or so losses and get into, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl or something. But it just shows that Clemson is still atop the conference for good reason. And that even um, really, I think the only contender that Clemson still has to face is Notre Dame. So that's going to be a great game. Uh, but moving on to the NFL picks from last week. Um, we did a little better in NFL. Still not great. Only went one and two. So had one win this entire weekend, one and five on the weekend. First game we had was Jaguars plus six and a half versus the Texans. Texans, you know, without um, Bill O'Brien there under Romeo Cornell now, they looked good. You know, they won 30 to 14 over the Jaguars. And even though the Jaguars 
Uh, didn't cover the spread. They didn't look bad this whole game. They had a fight the whole entire game. You know, they just couldn't close it out at the end there. Um, and, you know, after a 0-4 start to the season for the Texans, they respond with a very impressive win the week after their head coach got fired. Next game on the card we had, uh, which was our only win of the day, was the Rams minus 7 at Washington. The Rams won this game 30-10. to And while this wasn't, you know, the most exciting game of the day, it was our only win, so we had that. Um, probably the biggest thing from this game had nothing to do with the Rams or even the play going on the field, but with Alex Smith making his um, NFL return. So that was a big thing, you know. Red Zone was cut into that for quite a while. And, you know, even though it's he, the quarterback situation in Washington is up in the air, to say the least, it's definitely good to see Alex Smith back on the field and you're just, you know, praying that he doesn't get injured again. Um, and the final play we had last week was another loser. was Vikings versus the Seahawks, minus seven. Uh, Vikings end up losing this game by one point, 26-27, due to a last-second field goal um, by <clears throat> Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Um, you know, the Vikings played way better in this game than they did in their first four of this season. Their defense um, just couldn't hold it for that last drive, and the Seahawks end up sneaking out the win in this one. But, you know, it's not the Vikings definitely looked better than they had in weeks past, and I think the Vikings season is not over by any stretch of the imagination. I think they'll be contending for a wild-card spot, definitely. But that about wraps it up for as far as our picks from last week. Um, and as far as, so we'll move on to college basketball news. The college basketball start date. It's officially six weeks from today as recording on Wednesday. Um, we're hearing this tomorrow, Thursday, or whenever you listen to it. It'll be a little, a little closer than that, obviously. So, you know, it's coming. It's almost here. You know, it's not as early as most years, but hey, starting at Feast Week, you know, I don't think anyone's going to be complaining too much about that as long as we get college basketball. Uh, so one thing I wanted to hit as far as news in college basketball, the Big Sky and Conference USA, those are the two conferences that I've seen that have done this. Um, it could be more, but they both said that they are going to be playing two games a week at the same location. So they'll have games on Thursday and Friday um, at one of the schools. That way, you know, to reduce travel um, and stuff like that, which I think that's a great thing, especially for smaller conferences like the Big Sky and like Conference USA. I could see a lot of conferences adopting this model, especially for this season. And, you know, I think that just makes for, you know, a better chance that we get through conference play and without any uh, major setbacks. Um, another thing that I wanted to hit on just real quick, um, you've probably seen if you follow any college basketball news, Wichita State uh, head coach Greg Marshall is under investigation for physical abuse against players, which, you know, you don't want to speak up too early because you want to make sure, you know, the university has their report and stuff. But I have not seen very many players, if any at all, uh, former players of Wichita State come out and defend him that said he didn't do it. So, you know, it's not not looking good for Greg Marshall's time at Wichita State. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to him, um, whether he's still coaching somewhere, if he lets go, or hey, maybe Wichita State will stay there. You know, Wichita State had a mass exodus of um, players leaving this last year, I think seven in total. So it'll just be interesting to see. A little bit more about uh, scheduling coming up this year. To uh, talk real quick about two of the Feast Week tournaments, the 2020 Maui Invitational has officially been moved to Asheville, North Carolina. And it's actually, you know, I think the field changed a little bit, but we have, you know, still uh, first games. We got Texas versus Davidson, Indiana versus Providence, North Carolina versus UNLV and Stanford versus Alabama. So, I mean, it's not the craziest um, field in the world, you know, not the best Maui Invitational we've ever seen, but it is still pretty good. And it'll be fun to see uh, those teams take each other on in North Carolina. But perhaps I think the biggest um, Feast Week tournament, you know, opening season tournament, I guess there are now of the whole thing is the crossover classic 
um, taking place from the Sanford Pentagon in South Dakota. We got West Virginia versus Texas A&M, Ohio State versus Memphis, Creighton versus Utah, and Dayton versus Wichita State to start that. Which those that's that is probably the most stacked field I have seen out of a tournament like this in quite some time. You know, there's a pretty good chance that you know at least four of these teams come into the season in the AP top 25. Which I I do understand. I don't value the AP top 25 very much, but just in college basketball rankings in general, you know, West Virginia, Ohio State, Memphis, Creighton, all great teams. You know, Dayton off a great year last year. Wichita State, even you know, with coaching issues and whatever, they're still going to be a great team. And even, you know, Texas A&M and Utah, well, they haven't been powerhouses in college basketball in a while, you know, they're, they're still tournament teams every now and again. So that'll be a interesting tournament. And the final little tidbit wanted to hit as far as college basketball and just winter NCAA sports in general, uh, winter athletics are granted a free year of eligibility, similar to how college football has it right now. So chances are here in, you know, five or six years, we'll end up seeing some 35 year old, you know, BYU point guard who's still playing. So just got that. So moving on, next topic, we got a little bit on the MLB playoffs. You know, there's not too much to be said here. As of recording this, um, by the time you hear this, it will have well, the Rays are up um 3-0 on the Astros over this recording. By the time you hear this, there's a probably a pretty good chance they're either in the World Series or, you know, we're down 3-1, looking to get there. So that'll be an interesting series. You know, the Rays looking like coming out of there. Now the Braves Dodgers, well, the uh, Braves are currently up uh 2-0. The Dodgers definitely still have life. That series is far from over, but I am definitely cheering for the Braves. Uh, Kershaw missed, yes, last night, Tuesday, uh, game two. Um, he was up in spasms in the back, and from reports I was seeing, it looks like it'll probably be back game four is what they're hoping. And just another thing that I was noticing about that Braves-Dodgers game, Glove Life Field there in um, Dallas or Arlington or whatever the city it's actually in, um, it just looks so good, and especially with fans in the stands, it's just fun to watch baseball and that. You know, it's going to be a really fun watching that World Series, having fans and everything there. Um, so a little bit on college football news. Uh, I'd mentioned Florida. You know, they wanted fans in the stands and whatever. Um, currently, Florida has paused all football activities as of the recording of this podcast, following 19 positive tests within the team. So that's just some news to look at there. You know, just to monitor to see how that all falls into place, whether or not they're able to play this weekend or if, you know, that game gets pushed back. I don't think as ever right now it's been canceled. I could be wrong. I'm not entirely sure. Um, another big kind of football thing that you've probably noticed, LSU falls out of the top 25 after just three games. Um, it's the first defending national champion to fall out of the top 25, um, even like in the year following the first one to fall out um, since in like 15 years. I think it was something like that. That's kind of big news, you know. Everyone knew LSU wasn't going to be that good, but I mean, they've just looked awful. They, you know, losing to Missouri is just just not good for LSU. Um, and final, before we get into our picks for this week, talk a little bit about the NFL COVID situation. As of right now, um, I believe all of the teams are pretty well in the clear um, or have at least controlled their COVID situations. You know, there's a couple of positives here and there, but nothing like what the Titans had. Uh, Titans were able to play yesterday, Tuesday night. Um, that game went off. You know, it didn't seem like it was going to happen for quite some time, but they were able to get that in. Um, and, you know, that is going to give us another no Thursday night football this week, but we are getting a Monday night double header with the Chiefs-Bills game and then uh, Cardinals taking on the Cowboys. So that's going to be a great Monday night um, slate right there. And one little tidbit I wanted to touch on um, for as far as this goes. I saw there were some books out there that were offering – Will there be a week 18 played? You know, I saw one place had it at like plus 300. 
And even, I really think this is a, probably a great bet because I don't see any chance that the, I think that, so let's say like if a team that's already had their bye week were to test positive again and have to cancel a game, they almost have to have a week 18 unless they're going to try and, you know, cram three games into two weeks or something crazy like that. I don't know how else they would get it in. And I really don't see that the NFL can go off like win percentage or anything like that with only 16 games. I just don't know how they would do that. It doesn't seem like it would be the in their best interest to go that way. So I think that is probably a very good value bet, especially if you can still get it at plus 300. Will there be a week 18? I definitely look into that. Um, so that about wraps it up for the news for the week. So without further ado, let's go get into some picks for the week. But first, we're going to start out in college football. Um, we're going to start out with a couple of leans. I, there's a couple of games on here that, for whatever reason, I just didn't feel like um, probably deserved to be on the main card. You know, I didn't like them that much. And, you know, as I'm looking at it right now, there's a lot of favorites on here. But, you know, sometimes when you like a team, you just like a team. First one we got, we got Cincinnati minus three at Tulsa. This game is set to kick off at 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Cincinnati comes into this game 3-0 and um, and 1-2 and against the spread. Um, Cincinnati has struggled to cover spreads this season, um, but they have put up 35.67 uh, points per game. So, you know, they've been doing that. It's also, on the other hand, 2-0 coming into this game against the spread 1-1 and um, in wins-losses. And they've put up 20.5 points this game. I do like Cincinnati minus 3 in this game, but I think Tulsa is just one of those teams, especially at home. You never know what they're going to look like. You know, one day they're contending with uh, Oklahoma State, you know, getting close with them. And the next they're getting, you know, blown out by Tulane or something. So I really do like Cincinnati in this game, but I'm going to hand uh, stay off of it just because of the Tulsa matchup. Another game I do like this week on Saturday is at 3.30 p- or it's, uh, yeah, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Ole Miss minus two um, at Arkansas. While I do like Ole Miss in this game, Arkansas just feels like a team that's really dangerous right now. You know, you don't really know what Arkansas is capable of. Um, They should have won that game against Auburn. You know, just poor officiating lost them that. Um, Ole Miss comes in this game one and two and two and one against the spread. And they've put up 41.7 points per game. But I really think that's going to be limited coming into this week. Arkansas, who is defense is stellar. You know, Arkansas um, one and two and three and all against the spread. And they put up 19.7 points per game. So I do like Ole Miss in this game, but I'm just going to stay off of it just because of Arkansas. And the last lean um, before we get into the actual picks, I'll, uh, North Carolina minus 13 and a half at Florida State. This game's the late game, um, 7 p.m. Eastern. North Carolina uh, comes in this game 3-0 and 2-1 and against the spread. Florida State, on the other hand, comes in this game 1-3 and and 1-3 and against the spread. Florida State has just looked absolutely horrendous. You know, they've been one of the worst teams in the ACC um, through the season. They've put only put up 22.5 points per game and allowed 33.5. Well, North Carolina, on the other hand, is putting up 37.7 points per game um, and have allowed 24.3. And, you know, if this game were to stay under two touchdowns, you can get North Carolina minus 13.5. It might be a good play, but I just don't – I don't think – one, I don't think it's going to stay under there. I think it's gonna, by the time this is out, you know, that line is probably going to have moved and you're not even going to be able to get that. But I just really don't trust Florida State. I don't trust them either way. You know, I feel like they could, you know, just come out of nowhere and score some points. And I, North Carolina, while good, um, and I think that, well, they're up in the top five now. Maybe are they number five? Something like that. I, uh, I'm just going to stay off of this one. But yeah, North Carolina's 13 and a half is that final lean. So getting into the actual picks. Um, first one of the day, we have a Friday night game in BYU minus five at Houston. This game is set to kick off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. 
BYU comes into this game 3-0 and 3-0 against the spread. And BYU has just looked absolutely amazing this year. You know, everyone saw that um, opening weekend destroying machine thing. I don't know what I was trying to say there, but that they put on against the Navy. Um, just absolutely destroyed them. Um, they have been getting 586 yards per game this season. While Houston, on the other hand, in their first game had uh, 476 yards, which, you know, isn't crazy different. Um, but one thing I like about this BYU team, their time of possession, 35.04, uh, 35 minutes and 30 and, yeah, and four seconds. Uh, well, Houston's only like 31 and 13. And yeah, Houston only has one game to go by. Um, so it doesn't show, uh, you know, everything. It doesn't show um, the entire picture, but it does show enough. Um, and BYU's turnovers, they've really been good at not turning the ball, only only uh, 0.67 turnovers per game. While Houston in that first game turned the ball over five times, which I, yeah, again, one, one game, it's hard to tell, but it's just not good. Um, and BYU, crazy over their first three games, they have scored a, a total of 148 points while only allowing 24. Um, that's just a crazy number. The fact that they've limited their opponents to, you know, eight points a game, that's that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, BYU minus five in this half. I really like that pick, um, even going on the road against Houston. The next pick we got on the college football card comes at Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee is a six-point favorite in this one. This game kicks off at 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Um, Kentucky comes into this game following their pretty good win against Mississippi State. You know, they uh, held them to a safety, only two points. Kentucky is one and two straight up and one and two against the spread. Tennessee comes into this game um, two and one and one, one and one against the spread. You know, Kentucky's had a, been doing a great job of, you know, just their defense and just just everything. You know, being able to shut down that Mike Leach-led offense um, is a huge thing. And Tennessee really struggled against Georgia. You know, they had a hard time moving the ball, which that Georgia defense, like I said last week, is one of the better defenses in the SEC. But it's just, you know, they just couldn't move the ball in that game. Um, Kentucky has possession of the ball 32 minutes and 35 seconds out of the game, while Tennessee's only had it 26 minutes and 47 seconds. So I just think Kentucky, with their defense, they're going to be able to shut down Tennessee, much like they did last week. You know, I could even see Kentucky winning this game outright. Um, but I'm going to be taking Kentucky plus six in this one. Moving on to the next game on the college football slate, Liberty heads to Syracuse to take on the Orangemen in the Carrier Dome. Liberty is favored by three and a half in this game. This game is also set to kick off at 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Um, Liberty comes into this game 4-0, which is very impressive. You know, 2-2 two and two against the spread. Syracuse, on the other hand, not terrible, but 1-3 and three overall. Uh, also 2-2 two and two against the spread. Um, Liberty's been doing a great job of scoring points and not letting their uh, opponents score. They've had... Uh, 33.5 points per game, only allowing 18. Syracuse, on the other hand, has kind of struggled in the ACC, um, only scoring 19.3 points and allowing 27.5. Um, so not great there. Um, Liberty also does a great job moving the ball, um, 442.8 yards per game, while only allowing 260. And it's kind of the exact opposite for Syracuse, um, only getting 254 yards a game and allowing 475.8 yards a game. Um, and another big key aspect for Liberty in this game is their turnovers. Um, they really did a great job of limiting turnovers in their first four games. They only turned the ball over 0.33, or they only have 0.33 turnovers per game. Well, Syracuse, on the other hand, not terrible at 1.33 turnovers per game, but still not great. And, you know, it's it's rare that you see, um, I don't know, I guess not rare, but, you know, you don't always like taking the, you know, power or group of five 
um, team coming in when they're favorites at a power five team like this. But this Liberty team is just so good. You know, I think they're going to be contending, uh, maybe not contending, but they're going to be up there in the conversation at least for the, especially if they win this game, for the uh, group of five spot in the New Year's Six Bulls. And, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have a good bowl game no matter what. But yeah, I really like Liberty in this game, minus three and a half. And the final play of the day comes uh, from Boston College at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech comes into this game as 12-point favorites. Boston College, um, surprisingly, doing pretty good this year. You know, 3-1 and one on the season and 3-1 and one against the spread. Virginia Tech, not too far behind them. 3-1 um, and one on the season. And I have 1-2 and two against the spread. That's not uh, correct because nah, there's only three games there. But anyway, you get the point. Um, Boston College has scored 25.8 points uh I'm sorry, points per game while allowing 28, uh, sorry, 20.8 points. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, has been scoring great, you know, 42.7 points per game. They have allowed 37, which isn't the uh, best thing in the world, um, but they've been moving the ball really well, you know. Their defense isn't the best, but, you know, 492.3 yards a game while only allowing 486.7 yards. Um, Boston College, on the other hand, um, scoring or Moving the ball pretty, not as great, only 355.5 yards a game and allowing 368.3 yards a game. But I think this game really comes down to penalties um, and being able to, to limit those. You know, Boston College has um, 7.3 penalties for 66.8 yards over the first three games. Virginia Tech's been doing great, only four penalties for uh, 28.7 yards. So, you know, I really like Virginia Tech in this game, and I think that they come out with the win, and I'll be taking Virginia Tech minus 12 in this one. All right, and with that, that about wraps up the college football slate for the week. Now, moving on to the NFL picks. The first game we have is the Chicago Bears heading to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are favored um, two and a half in this game. The Bears come into this game four and one and three and two against the spread. Well, the Panthers come into this game three and two and three and two against the spread. You know, the Bears have had questionable, you know, not knowing who their quarterback's going to be this entire season. And, you know, the Bears have just, even though they are four and one, you just never know what you're going to get with the Bears. The Bears have got uh, put up 323.2 yards a game while the Panthers are putting up 390.25. Um, and the Panthers are scoring 24.75 points a game while the Bears are only putting up 21 points a game. So, you know, I think these Panthers team... I really like the Panthers coming into the season. I, you know, I've been a, was a little lower on these last couple of weeks. You know, that was probably the wrong time to get off of them. Um, but I, I was the Panthers under Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a great quarterback. He's going to be a great quarterback in the league um, as long as he can stay healthy. And even though they don't have um, Christian McCaffrey, Mike Davis has just been amazing for this team. You know, been able to run the ball, filling in perfectly there. It kind of, you know. I always say that, you know, don't pay your running back. It doesn't matter. And I think it's just an even clearer example now, you know, Mike Davis doing fine there. So, yeah, I'm going to be taking the Panthers minus two and a half in this game. Um, next game, we got Washington plus two and a half at the Giants. Washington comes into this game one and four and one, three and one against the spread. Um, they put up 19.75 points a game while the Giants have only put up 11.75 um, and Washington, even with, you know, questions at quarterback and just their team, you know, not knowing where, what direction is going in. I really do like Washington in this game. You know, they've done a great job running the ball, uh, 92.25 yards per game. Well, the Giants have only put up 76.5 yards a game. You know, even with Devontae Freeman um, there now, he really hasn't found himself yet. That loss to Saquon Barkley really hurt this Giants team. They just aren't in the, you know, running the ball as well. Um, and while Washington's time of possession isn't the greatest at 28 minutes and nine seconds it is still better than the Giants at 26 minutes and um 
60 seconds or I, I don't know what in eight seconds. Um, so, you know, it's kind of just, you know, the Washington is looking good. I think they're on the right track. And I'm going to be taking Washington plus two and a half in this one. Final game of the NFL Sunday card um, is the Sunday, not Sunday night football, it's, uh, just the late game. Um, first two are noon, by the way, but uh, late game, we got Packers minus two at the Buccaneers. The Packers come into this game 4-0 and 4-0 against the spread. The Packers have been playing really well. Buccaneers come into this game 3-2 uh, and 2-3 and two and three against the spread. And one of the biggest things that sticks out to me about this Packers team is their turnovers. They have had, through four games this season, they have had zero turnovers um, and just playing very well. well. The Buccaneers, on the other hand, have had uh, 1.4 turnovers a game, um, which, you know, isn't the worst turnover margin in the league, but it's still not great. Uh, Packers have been putting up 38 points a game, which is huge compared to the Buccaneers' 27.8 points a game. Um, Packers have had possession of the ball 34 minutes and 20 seconds. Well, Buccaneers only have 30 minutes and 42 seconds. And another huge aspect for this Packers team is their penalties. Uh, they've had 4.7 penalties per game for an average of 40.75 yards. Uh, well, the Buccaneers, on the other hand, 8.4 penalties a game for an average of 82 yards. And, you know, I just really love this Packers team. This is my favorite bet of the weekend. I haven't always been the biggest, you know, Aaron Rodgers fan. But there's just something about this Packers team. Um, feel like Matt LaFleur's got them going in the right direction, you know. It just feels like a different team. This It feels like a team that lost in the NFC Championship last year and is really looking to get some revenge. I would not be surprised if they're, you know, contending for the Commerce Championship again this year. And that is my pick, uh, Packers minus two in this one. So that about wraps it up for all of the NFL and college football picks this week. Um, if you're looking for, you know, the, the computer model picks over on hottipbets.com, make sure you go check all that out. We're going to have picks, you know, for all the NFL games, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday. It doesn't matter. They're all up there as well. We got um, MLB playoffs stuff coming up there every day. That We got games there. That's about over, but, you know, we'll have games for all of that. As well as college football, um, even during the week, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you got games going on. There'll be college football picks up there on the computer model. So make sure you go check all of those out. Um, and also check out, you know, there's a results page with all of the um, past results. You can see how it's been performing, you know, all, all time and, you know, and over the last however many games you want to look at. Um, so all that's up there. Also, finally, make sure you're following Hot Tip Bets Chris on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you're following Hot Tip Bets on Twitter, Instagram, and all the stuff um, down below there in the description. Just so you're staying up to date on any new podcast episodes, any, you know, information I might have regarding sports betting and just the industry at whole. And yeah, I will see you guys next week. <laughs>